to confirm that you're not turning back and going back. You are committed to going forward. Amen. In, in the eyes of God, little things are big things. And I've learned that if we do the little things like they are big things, then God will do the big things like they are little things. That is how the kingdom of God advances. Going all in means the courage to not look back. As Elisha 
burn his plows. He said, I'm not going to go back to farming. I'm not even going to give it an opportunity to turn back. I'm just going to burn it up so I can go forward with God. Father, I just pray. I thank you for each and every person here. Our, our goal is to move forward and move forward in the name of Jesus. And that, like Elijah, just to be able to say, you know, I don't even want to have the opportunity to look back and have something to turn to because I'm going to go with God and know that God is going to supply everything anyway. And Father, I just thank you that the boldness to be able to ask for a double portion because he knew he had given up everything. I pray, Father, as in this room right now, a double portion that we begin to ask and seek because we know there's nowhere to go back. I ask for a double portion to speak the word over my children, a double portion for them to have the ability to hear, a double portion of my finance. I burn the plows of the old ways of anything that even resembles turning back. I thank you, Jesus, my boldness is to ask in such a way, Lord God, that there is a defining moment, Lord, that we turn around the anointing of God for the favor of God to work in a mighty way. And I just thank you, Jesus, this morning that there is nothing, nothing worth giving up the will of God for. There's absolutely nothing worth exchanging our soul for. So, Father God, I thank you, Lord, giving up, burning up the old ways of the world. And, Lord, and maybe it may not be for you, but maybe this is something you need to pray over. Someone that you know that is struggling to get out of an addiction, struggling to get out of something. They just hang on just a little bit, struggling to get out of a relationship and, and just the strength to cut off all ties, cut off all things, burn up all the stuff that connects them with that mistake, connects them with that failure and saying, God, God, you're my enough. You're more than enough, Lord Jesus, and I have you. That's the place I'm going to go. I thank you, Jesus, as there is a, a, a revival that begins to take off for those who hunger and want to do better and want to walk well and want to walk in the ways of God and just seems to be like, I only get so far in my belief and then I stop. Well, we'll burn it up. Burn it up. Burn up those emotions. Burn up those hurts. Burn up those pains so that you can look forward to the healing and the restoration of God that I am not going to turn back. No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Well, I believe Luke 9, 62 over you that you are fit and you put your hands to the things of God and not looking back over how long you've been hurting, but you're looking forward to how long God has taken you into healing. And Lord, we just rejoice this morning in our march, in our springtime. Winter is over in the name of Jesus, and I am springing forward to bless you today and forever. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, if you have any needs in your body, we want to pray with you specifically. And if not, you just continue to worship while we do pray. Amen. I can be what it says I can be. And I am what the word says I am. It's the living seed of God living in me, and I'll never be the same. Never, never, never will I be the same. God increase, pastor decrease. Give me ears to hear what God has to say. I'm going to walk with power and not let the loss get left. Amen. You guys may be seated. Let's ask the professional question just in case. Uh, how many of y'all are cold? Amen. So we may need to take it up a notch on the temperature. Uh, don't shake your head no at me. Get this one first. It's on this side. You come see. 
could hear the Navy over there going, oh, I'm freezing. You're not even going to be in here for the service, little girl. But I know I appreciate you guys so much in church, and I want you to be able to hear. Now, if I see you dozing off because it's warm, we're going to crank it down to 50 in here and make you feel you want those off. I promise you, I don't keep you that long. After the second hour, you usually ride into the sermon and say you're good. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, salvation's so powerful, so great, and wipes away and cleans us out of our mistakes. But that don't mean we don't have to learn. We've been still focusing on Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17. I always read 119, if you're willing and obedient, you'd eat the good of the land. I always said that, never went back to 17 that says, learn to do well. It doesn't just happen automatically. Sometimes people get saved and they think, man, this is it. Why do I have to learn to do well? And some people end up giving up because they figure, if I got saved, why am I still struggling? And why am I still having to learn these things? Because you grew up with that stuff. So you have to relearn how to live and live in a way that honors God. Amen. Uh, same thing with marriage. We had our <laughs> marriage class and, you know, I, I'm, I'm get, we're getting allies, Chris. We're getting allies. There are some people that think the way we think that uh, these uh, lady folks are not always right. We've got some, we got some fellows that, that really we, we, we know that our silence is, can't be misquoted. So we're like, we're, we're not the only ones who walk around like that. But a lot of times people get married and they think that things are supposed to be perfect. I got my right one, and, and there's no way that we should have to make adjustments. How many of y'all know that is not the truth? You have to make adjustments. That doesn't mean you love less. That doesn't mean you're not right for each other. That means you work together. You work together. You have to work together. Can you imagine Pastor Rita marrying me and expecting me to understand the workings of, of a tanning lotion? I mean, that, that I don't have to do that. Tell me what I need to pick up for you, and I'll get it. Send a picture. I haven't normally picked that up. And by the way, I love buying that kind of stuff because it freaks the people <laughs> that has to check me out. Like, why are you getting this? Do you know what you picked up? I'm like, yeah, I'm not picking it up for me. You need to mind your own business, checka. So I want you to know that even with whatever it is, your finances, whatever you're getting to, that it's going to be a learning process. There's a learning process to it. That don't mean you're out of the will of God because you have to learn. It is part of the process. So soul over the soil. Your soul is greater than the soil. A saved soul is the most valuable possession. And we treat it as the most valuable possession. I also well, do want to throw this out here just for a bunch of commercials that are going for. So you may have to name the first part of this message, commercials. Uh, that uh, if you are wanting to be on our email list for the actual sermon notes that, that are more than just the verses, uh, make sure we get your email. Because I did not, I mean, if I don't have it, I won't be able to put it in. But if I have it, you'll just get the whole list. Now, again, if you say, well, I got the sermon notes and I don't have to come to church, you won't get all this stuff that I just said beforehand. You'll miss all of that. You know, people try to explain. Like a lot of people uh, that was asking me, what was, what's this thing I heard about you talking about Jordan shoes? And I go, man, you know. It wasn't in the notes, was it? No, it wasn't. I gotta see. It just came. Uh, so I, I'll throw that out there. So don't just do the notes. Come forth. All right. Mark chapter 8, verse 35 through 37 says this For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, 
But whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospel will save it. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Father, I just thank you, Lord, and I praise you, Father, for what you did on the cross for us. That, Lord, there's nothing worth going back to, to trade in what you did and what you died for us. Lord, I pray, Lord, to, to give the message that you have uh, called to be given today and that I may honor you with the fruit of my lips and all that is said and done. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. It is, it is so good. And, and again, been in church a long time, you know, would profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul. And we got that, right? We, we get that part. However, there are times where you're, you're the world or the earth or the soil, right? How I many of y'all know you were made out of dust of the earth? We'll repeat Genesis 2, 7. God created and formed man out of dust of the earth. And then the second part is he breathed into him. He became a living soul. And then say a living soil, a living soul. And sometimes we're trying to get our soil to wake up more than our soul. That is the only one that's able to wake up. Right? Our soil, which is what we're made out of, is no comparison to our soul that God has saved us with. I am saved by the grace of God. I am still soil by the way I need to walk about here. Which means I'm going to have some feelings that don't always agree with the word of God. And I have to put those feelings in check with God's word so I can walk in God's way. Right? So if I don't put my soil in check with my soul, I'm going to act soiled. I'm trying to move on from that in a, in a professional way. Because there are times where we're thinking, am I really saved because there's so much soil around me? My makeup my natural makeup is to maybe have an attitude, maybe have an aim, maybe jump to conclusion, which is the only workout program some people get. And they never check with their soul, which says you've already been concluded to walk according to the word of God. You don't need a conclusion when God has concluded that I've saved you and delivered you and set you free. There's no other thing I need to arrive at other than what God's word says. Do not say that. In, in, the, in the book All In, it says we need to stop dissecting scripture and let scripture dissect us. Oh, all right now. That's my cue to make sure you all got it right, baby. <laughs> Woo! It's thundering. Bring the thunder. So soil does represent the dirt in a people's life. Man, we have soil. We're what we're made out of. And it takes God to come in. And you have to use your soul so that your soil don't take over some days. Soil can be anything from the words that come out of your mouth. Uh, you, can be, you can have the soil of manipulation. And under your title of Christian, pastor, minister, whatever, if you don't get that soil connected with your soul, it's going to present the wrong message, right? Have to do that. Love, love my kids. Love my kids to be able to teach, challenge, and make sure that I'm on track, right? Pastor, dad, just because I communicate something may not necessarily mean it's, it's usually 99.98% right. So they don't usually have to do it. But I like the fact that they'd want to check and make sure we give you notes so that you can go back and go, what did that verse really say? 
is he really talking about? And we, we want you to be able to check us. We, we have no problem. I mean, you'll find out I'm right, but we want you to go ahead and check it. Because, no, honestly, what I mean by that is I'm not going to stand up here and not bring it right the first time. But I need you to be able to go back and go, I don't know if I really believe that. Well, then go and look in the Bible, and then when you connect it there, now you're arguing with Jesus. Not the man in the black suit, the purple shirt, and striped socks. You're arguing with God Almighty. See, now y'all just went down. Keep your focus now. Don't let me catch you. Come on. I'm already more hyped than y'all are. So you get that part of it. And it says, I've been made out of the ground. There's a ground about me. So Jesus said this, 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sins, I am faithful and just to forgive them. It's immediate because I don't want too much dirt to get piled on you because then you'll think your soul doesn't work. Right? If you, you do something, you make a mistake, now your soul is like, yeah, we're still good. You confess that God's good. You don't need six weeks to get better. You're good now. You don't need a 21-day fast when it comes to God forgiving you. You are forgiven right now. The soul is greater than the soil. It's greater than the mistake. Because if not, then we'd have to work our way. You see, y'all would have came here with goats and sheep and... We need to kill a bunch of stuff just so you to be forgiven. And it ain't that kind of church. And so we need you to have that straightened out with you and Jesus when you come in because you have to be able to hear. It's hard to hear when you got stuff running around thinking something's wrong with you. It's hard to hear when you think that soil and that dirt that keeps reminding you of what's not right. It's hard to hear that way. And your soul is like, we're good. Give me, let me hear. Let me have ears to hear what the Spirit of God has to say. So God's recovery from sin is so immediate that I truly believe that is due to the accumulation. It, it accumulates for the soul. Uh, obedience furnishes the mind, furnishes the mind, will, and emotions of which is the soul makeup of everything that we have. It furnishes. It's the, you, you want that, you want that uh, mental sofa that it say, tell you to go lay down for therapy, obey God, and he'll let you lay down on him, and you can rest in him. He said, cast all your cares over on me, and I will give you rest. All right, y'all see? Some of y'all are moving your lips like, like it's a silent movie or something, like, I don't want you to hear me, but you know, what's up with that? Matthew Matthew chapter 25, verse 24 through 25. And I was sitting there thinking today as we were coming to church, uh, Justice and I, the sign blew down. And I didn't see it. I go, I look back in the river mirror and I didn't see it standing. And the pastor, I go, sign blow down? He goes, yeah, I thought you saw that. You're not paying attention. You can get so used to coming to a place. You don't need any more directions. Right? A lot of times people are looking for signs for something they already know how to get to. And I said, yeah, man, I don't look for the sign until my church. Can you imagine? Y'all don't have a sign up, so me, the pastor, I didn't come. Isn't that crazy? God, you didn't give me a sign, so I didn't pray. You ain't been there before? The wind's blowing, so the sign might be down. So we can get them. And then immediately I thought, well, if I don't put the sign up, people won't know where, how to get here. So we went back and put the sign up. No, sometimes you have to be the sign others need to see instead of looking for a sign for something you already know. Right? Sometimes you just have to, you have to be it. I, I woke up, I was like, we're we missing an hour sleep, but we're springing toward bedtime early. 
Y'all don't look at it that way. I'm springing. I'm going to be able to go to bed an hour early. Did nobody look at it that way? All the people thinking if I got to get up an hour early. No, I'm going to get to go down an hour early. I'm, okay. Matthew chapter 25, verse 24 through 25. This is that servant. He had given one five talents, one two talents. The one with five went and traded it and, and got blessed with double. The one with two went and traded, got blessed with double. Look at the one with one. Finally, the servant who had received one talent came and said, Master, I knew that you are a hard man. And that's the other point of the danger of familiarity. And sometimes you can get so close to the Bible that you don't obey it. You think you know it better than what it says. Right? There's a danger in that. Like, I already know what that says. I already know how that goes. I already know. And then so I'm not going to obey it. I'm just going to bury it and say that that's okay. I'm going to go with what, it already, what I think it already says. And, and he says that that, that 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 part of him just said, I know you a hard man, which was an insult, by the way. Reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So in my fear, right, 2 Timothy 1.7, God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but a love, power, and a sound mind. Right? So in my fear, I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what belongs to you. Well, as Pastor Rita just stood up here and told you, God knows what he got. He wants you to have what he's got. He didn't tell you to just bring yourself back to me. So this was a gift and a talent God gave to him. Now, the one thing he was right about, yes, I put your gift, but it was a gift God gave to him. And said, here's your gift. Go use it for me. Now, we know we can sit and think about people all along that have got up there and got their music award. I want to thank God because when I started in church singing, now I'm giving my gift. I'm burying it in the soil of my flesh. I know you gave it to me, but here's what I did with it. Here's what I went and done. I buried it in the soil. I didn't use it for the soul. Right? And now I need to bring y'all back from the Grammys and the Oscars and the Tonys and the Georges. Stop. <laughs> George is not a real one. Stop putting your gift into a place that it cannot be used by God. I can't, I can't use it there can't use it there. And, and I, I don't want to put it in a place that I can't use it. And the Bible says it this way. Stop putting your pearls before swine. Stop trying to talk people into things they don't want to hear. That's your gift being wasted. Those words for somebody else who needed them, who was ready to hear them. And we have to tend, we tend to have to listen before we give our good stuff. And I can tell you now, as it says in here, there's a thousand God, good ideas that ain't worth one God idea. The one God idea, the one that can take us to that other part, that, un that can take us to that place of where that gift begins to explode. And, and by the way, those of you who are in our leadership classes, you know we're going to be touching on this, okay? Because it's dealing with the gift. You have a specific plan from God to do his will. Right? Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts I have of you, thoughts of good and not of evil, so that you have a expected end. What do you expect to end with with God? I expect to go to heaven. I expect to live forever in his eternity. I expect to be able to show that I live for God with all that I have. 
I'm going to be able to give back to God. However, this soil thing tends to go on and on. It was Dr. Miles Monroe that says that there are people, the richest people in the world are those who died without living in their purpose. Everyone they should have reached, everyone they could have reached, they didn't. They died not using their gift and their dream. The dash is just merely a symbol. They died at 30. We may have put them in the ground at 70, but the dash is just symbolic, not livelihood. So I, I mean, I, obviously, I don't want to go that way. I think, I honestly believe, I love worship so much. And, and, and again, you couldn't tell me I sing off key. Uh, you can tell me that I'm off. You can't, like, when it's on me just to sing out loud and don't, and I don't. Uh, and my brother, Alan, that was murdered, he was one of the most in violently great singers ever. Had his own band. They were called the Champagne, but, but it was his own band. <laughs> you know? But he could sing, he could play multiple instruments, he could do all those things, he could do them, and, and I, you know, and obviously I can't do, and he went to his grave at 27 years old, who could worship, who could have done so many things for God, he didn't, he went in the grave with his gift, there are times I sing out thinking what he could have been. Some of those things that the worship part of you begins to carry on. Thank God, he had a lot of hair, too, when he died, by the way. So that, you know, he had a lot of good stuff he took with him. Then you come back to, but you use your gift for what God has given you, right? So I can't go dig him up and sing like he could sing. I must stay on top and speak like God has called me to speak, right? Can't, can't, can't go redo that. And by the way, if I dug him up anyway, I recommend you leave this church. If I'm sitting up here with the, the skeleton from 1987, y'all need, need to be out of here. Something's wrong. Something has gone wrong. Here, my brother Alan, he died in 1987, but he's here with us today. Pastor, can you turn your back for a minute while we leave? So it's there. There's a meaning of it. And sometimes we try to dig gifts out of others when we should just walk in our gift. I love how y'all are friends with me for a while, and then y'all unfriend me. And it's like, if we were on social media, it'd be friend request, unfriend request, friend request, unfriend, follow, unfollow. A gift given, a gift living under soil may be able to leave an inheritance, but it'll never be able to leave a legacy. They may make all the money in the world and be able to leave it for their children, but the legacy that they should have left will be lost. Think about some of the great singers who died too soon and started in church. And I'm not going to name names. You, you, you go ahead and make your own list on the way home, your own playlist. Um, and then their kids died in, in, in an even more tragic way. I think about my, my oldest brother, Philip, the, the, the second, and he died. And then his daughter, who was shot in the eye, she died. Like, we were like, it was day after day after day after day with all those gifts in them and all those abilities in them. However, God says, I know that you know what a gift looked like when it's under soil, so keep yours under the soul. You're, you have no excuse. In Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19 through 20, it says it this way, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set 
before you life and death, the blessings and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. If you have a pen, if you happen to have brought one, because we can use them here, if you would write again Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17, next to that verse, it says, I've brought heaven and earth, I've, I've spoken, I've presented heaven and earth against you. And what that means, it doesn't mean heaven is mad at you and earth is mad at you. Against you, it says I'm comparing it to your life. Up against you, here's what heaven looked like. Up against you, here's what earth looked like. I'm putting up against you, here's what blessing looked like. Up against you, here's what curse looks like. And, and it's saying that if you compare yourself, what would you like to have? Would you like to have life? Would you like to have heaven? Would you like to have the blessing? Or would you like to have death, earth, and the curse? Right? My soul or my soil? Because earth is on this side. Wait, I'm right-handed. Heaven... <laughs> blessing let me read it again life how could I forget that one okay earth death curse and I'm gonna put them up against you so God said you take I-35 you're gonna get earth pay for the toll Right? It's a paper toll. You go in HEB, you get in that line. I counted the lady's items the other day. I had to repent. She had 17 items in the 15 item or less line. I had two. I, God said, stop counting and smile. And she had coupons. So I thought that's, that's 21 items. That's disobedient. Isaiah 117, like I told you guys before, it says you have to learn to do well. You have to learn that you want heaven, <laughs> life, and blessing. And sometimes curses, they don't always seem like it's wrong. <laughs> Cursing. Cussing. Don't always seem like it's the wrong thing to do. Earth doesn't seem like it's all that bad. You know, we have Earth Day. But if you got a tree more saved than you are, <laughs> all right. And death. Sometimes it's okay. You feel like I just want to die. There are people, right? They're, they're just like, I'm good now. Reach my age. Kids are gone. I'm just. You know, if I don't wake up, I'm good with that. Used to be like, you'd wake up, you'd lose a whole night of sleep thinking, I can't die tonight. But now some people are checking out, and that's why they don't check into their calling. But verse 20, let me get off of that. But did y'all write Isaiah 117, those of you who could? If not, just stick yourself with a pen and do it in blood. By, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, and by holding fast to him, for this is your life and the length of your days, that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. Can you imagine when you do get to heaven, how many times God's going to show you things that you missed, or you were stuck in traffic, or you were stuck behind some wrecks that you might have been in, that at some point you're going to get to see, man, God was keeping me from myself, and I was mad because I didn't get to somebody's whatever thing on time when God was saying, I needed you to get there, period. 
He's that big. It's, it's the soul. He says, I'm going to protect your soul over the soil. Or God asks you to forgive someone. He says, because your soul is in place rather than the soil of your past. Forgive them. For they know not what they do, not what they did, what they do. See, because what they did is still doing in you if you ain't forgave them. I thought, this blanky stuff. I thought that just, that's not in the notes. See, they can't get that. Some of y'all go check your email. That ain't in the notes. Choose things that are soul worthy and not just soil accepted. The soil will accept anything you do. The soul accepts what God's called you to do. As much as we are willing to receive people as they are, it is even more important that we see them as God has called them to be. Come as you are is great, but live in his word so you can be greater as God's best. Live in his word so you can be the first John 4, 4 person. Greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. I know you came as you are, but we didn't come. have you come here to stay that way. Right? That whole mentorship, as they were telling us in, in ministry school, the mentorship, and I say this in school, mentors are not best friends. Best friends love you the way you are. Mentors love you too much to leave you that way. Mentors, uh, best friends accept your weaknesses. Mentors remove them. You see teachers running and get their pens. Say that again. Nope. And God says, say it again. Okay, here it goes. Joshua chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. So God's going to call you to the next level. No matter what you start with, it's not what you're stuck with. Amen. That wherever you started, you're not stuck there. So God's going to call you and use you to go to another level. And Joshua, he says this exact same thing. Moses, my servant is dead. Right? That's a great way to come into it. I think as we started the church, for those of you who don't know us, that's kind of the way it was on a, on a Thanksgiving night, holding my pastor, and she dies in my arms, and God says, Pastor Mona is dead. It is time for you to lead a church. No, God, I like youth pastoring. She's dead. You need to lead. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am given to them, to, so, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. So one person gets the speech, the other one gets the walk. There are a lot of times, there are folks that you may know never even walk in what God has spoken. But you have to walk as well as hear the speech. And he says, I'm going to give that to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak that over to you. And, 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 and I don't believe that God ordained all of my brothers that have died and all the deaths that we've been through. But he did say this to me. He says, because you've been through those things, I'm going to use it to help you move forward. Because you know how to deal with death. You know how not to make it so emotionally tied into you that you don't move the next day. He says, I'm going to use all of those funerals you've been to as a little boy because now I can trust you to move, keep moving in death and realize you're not going to be condemned because you kept moving. I did not ordain all your brothers and relatives to die. Let me just say that to you. He says, but I'm going to use all things. What we say in Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good. He says, I'm going to make that thing work for you. 
I'm going to make all of those tears you heard, all that crying work for you. All the things that you have to be built up to be strong for, I'm going to make it work for you because your destiny is right here in the midst, in the middle of a death. I'm going to make it work for you. So whatever you're going through, God is going to ultimately use it. It's not wasted time. And he never wastes your faith. God made us to obtain through faith so that the soil will never be greater than the soul. It is my faith. By, by my faith, I am saved by grace through faith. Right? And so now I can walk on things that used to walk in me. I can overcome things that used to come out of me. Right? I can have victory over those things who used to make me a victim. Those are not in the notes either. This is, this is such, such add-on. We should have an addendum to this sermon. In other words, mistakes cannot overtake salvation. Isn't that good? Need to know. Now, I'm not licensed you to go out there and act crazy. You know, I'll help put you in jail for that. I will witness against you. My pastor said, I did not say that, and we got it on tape. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 through 9. Stay with me. This is the living translation. I thought this was the best way to put this. It says, I once thought these things were valuable. How many of y'all have, can look back now and once you come to Christ, the things you used to think were valuable are no longer valuable? Right? I used to think dinosaurs. No, no, quicksand. I used to think quicksand was going to be a problem because all the cartoons I watched, people die in quicksand. And I ain't ran into quicksand yet. I'm 50. Quicksand is not an issue. Right? And nobody, did, nobody else did that? Like, I'll be watching cartoons like, quicksand is bad. <laughs> I lived in Lubbock, Texas. There's not enough rain to make anything quick in Lubbock, Texas. That went a quick pothole in Lubbock, Texas. There, you know what I mean? Nobody swirled under in Lubbock. But... There was a fear in the early age, like quicksand and looking around, like, and you know, the, the dust would be blowing, like, oh, I gotta get inside because quicksand. Clothing used to be a huge, important thing to me. Huge, huge. And, and I'm not talking about like this stuff, sweatshirts, my glorious sweatshirts that I would have was huge to me. And people's kids, and my kids, took me out of that, rubbing their noses on my shirts. Shirts I wouldn't even let her wear. That was a deal breaker. She wore them, we might have got divorced. <laughs> I had an embroidered Mickey Mouse shirt. Miracle wiped her nose all over the shoulder. I was like, look at it. I love you, you're so beautiful. <laughs> I'm debating about you right now. So there are things that are no longer valuable, but what the enemy will try to do is make you think they're more valuable. Try to get you to go back out there. What? One person, remember in our 20s, we used to stay up all weekend. My goal, I'm going to stay up all weekend. Party all weekend. Now we take medication to sleep. <laughs> I'm lay down for four days. <laughs> like, all right? Well, they poured into Monday. We're just trying to get a nap in to Monday. Again, stuff changes. There's no value in staying up that late. What's wrong with you? It ain't that we can't do it. 
The drugs have changed. The dealers are different. Dealer in a white coat now. I just think those things were valuable. You just think collecting money was valuable. Getting over on people were valuable. And God says you need to serve under people. That's valuable. Okay, that's just the first sentence of that verse. I'm, I'm going to continue on. He says, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. And it has to make you wonder when people still think those things are more valuable, have Christ done anything in them or have they allowed him to do it? You can just, I'm just reading the Bible. That's all I'm doing. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. See, if I don't count it as trash, I'm missing a gain. I'm missing an area I need to gain a step in. If, and if I can't reach my children, it's because I've got some trash that I'm still counting on instead of just gaining them by throwing that away so I can gain them. Must get rid of it and look at it as trash. It's messing up my gains. Have you ever done weightlifting? You don't want to mess up your gains. You want to be able to gain every week. Your gain. Is like how strong you could get. You don't go in the gym and still be lifting the same amount of weight. You ain't got no gains. You ain't got no gains. Nobody wants to be hanging out with you with no gains. That's what they say to each other. You see them walk around with, with the big water and, 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 and a notepad. They got to take notes while they're working out. They're going to get the gains. They're writing down how much they lifted last time. I'm like, how, how distracted are you that you can't remember a number? And you got to write it down. How hard are you lifting that it's losing your memory? But they'll be in there, no pad and everything. They never took one to school, but they got one at the gym. Gonna work on their gains. And in church, we need to be lifting up the word of God and lifting up the name of Jesus so we can get our gains. It's just stronger, man. I love, man, I, I love, love God, love what I do. Man, praise Jesus. But you have to count some things as garbage. Some arguments are not worth having. Some of them just not. <laughs> We're going to stop calling it marriage class. It's just open night because we need, uh, that was a direct, that was a direct attack right there. <laughs> That was some soil on that amen. I don't care where it's soul it came from. The soil of it was right there. Amen. <laughs> well, high pitch to it. Verse 9 says, and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through the faith, through faith in Christ. And remember what we talked about last Sunday, that Jesus didn't come to break the law. He came to fulfill it. Jesus don't break things, he fulfills them. That means he didn't get rid of thou shall not steal and thou shall not kill. You imagine, going, I shot that person, but I'm, I'm redeemed from the law. No, but you go into prison. You may, you may not even get to go to prison. You may go to die. So apparently, it ain't just breaking something. God is about fulfilling. Don't break your word, fulfill your word. 
we have to say things and sometimes and we have to we've had to learn over the years of where we'd say uh, don't loan anybody something you can't give them but that don't give the person license not to pay them back we watch people take our words and misuse them well you said that no you you making us all not like you Paul chooses to pick up the life that saved his soul. I've set before you blessings, cursings, life, death. I'm forgetting the other two. I already said cursing. Blessings, cursing, like heaven and earth. <laughs> Sound like a song. So, so before... Way before then, where, where, you know, the Bible says that when he was speaking to them, it says that God wasn't in, in, the, in the wind, right? And he wasn't in, well, he wasn't in the earthquake, and he wasn't in the wind, and he wasn't in the fire. He has a still, small bo- voice, right? And talking about earth, wind, and fire. We know where they got the title of their band from. <laughs> Give you all a minute. So does he value the eternal more than a temporary things? Jesus left us with the Holy Spirit, and it teaches you and guides you in all truth. Amen? So we're going to lean on the Spirit of God, not on the soil of man and soil of what man can do, but what God has already done. Amen? Amen. I want you guys to bow your heads. You've had enough at my expense. We're going to pray over you, call you to greater things and your eyes are closed father we just thank you for the burning of the past and and as the authority that elisha walked in says i'm burning everything that i've walked with up to this point so i will have nothing to turn to and only look toward god i thank you lord jesus that in the sound of my voice that many of us are starting to burn up old hurts and burn up pains burn up the opportunity to get even i burn it up god god that i can run freely with your forgiveness. I burn up, Lord God, what I didn't do to get my education. I burn up things I put myself in this position. I burn those things up and I need to, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for keeping me from turning to them when things are not going right. And I begin to give the excuse and say, this is why it's not going right because of all of what I've done. No, in Jesus' name, you burn the plow, you burn the oxen, you have you a spiritual barbecue so that you can look to where God has taken you and not where you've been. Father, I thank you. You've freed us. You've given us the authority of a saved soul. Position us over the soil that we have to deal with and walk in every day. But just because we have to deal with it and walk in it every day doesn't mean it has authority over us. And I position my mind, my will, my emotion that, Lord God, I thank you that I'm giving it to you. Look at all these years I've wasted. I want you to be forgiven from the years that you feel like you've wasted. Be forgiven that you've not wasted those years. You've invested. And as God did with all of those deaths in my family, he invested it and turned it into a weapon for me to be able to walk in my God-called destiny. I want to call those of you who are at the edge and almost quitting, almost giving up on a God thing, because it hasn't been as good as you wanted it to be. I want to call you to Isaiah 117. I want to call you to the learn to do well. Learn to a place to where you hear at the end of all of this, well done, thou good and faithful servant. 
and because you didn't just settle for good, you wanted and walked with God, I can call you well. As your heads are bowed and you're praying, you're in here and you're saying, I don't know Jesus. I have not connected with the soul yet. I've got the soil, but not the soul. And I want to know that my soul is right with God. Never accepted him as your Lord and Savior. If that's you, his heads are bowed, eyes are closed, people are praying. Would you just lift your hands so we can pray over you? Thank you, Jesus. We're in the house. Now, Father, I thank you just by the act of saying, I know Jesus. Help us, Lord, in those living well moments, those learning to live well moments. And Lord, that we don't get distracted from knowing our soul and knowing that we are saved. Lord, help us to remember that just because it's a fight doesn't mean that we're out of God's will. That Lord God, we're worth fighting for Jesus. You're worth, you said you die for us. And Lord God, I thank you for exposing people who are not willing to fight with us and for us. Lord, expose them. I need people around me that's learning to live well. We speak over our children that they will learn to live well. That every day, this is their morning prayer or morning word to be spoken over them. Today, I learn a better and well way to do what I've been doing daily. And Father, we confess it to you. We bless you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody say, amen, amen. Um, that clock is not adjusted. I mean, y'all sat in here.